Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. Because this week is such a landmark week for the art of drag, I figured why not dedicate today's episode to the iconic art form of drag. Earlier this week, Brazilian pop star Pablo Vittar broke a record by becoming the first ever drag queen to perform at Coachella. And I was lucky enough to speak with them about their performance and why it's such a moment for drag. After that, I'll chat with Alaska Thunderfuck, drag icon and winner of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, about some of their exciting upcoming projects and of course the finale of season 14 of RuPaul's Drag Race airing Friday on VH1. So go on, grab a snack because I'll be right back. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Pablo Vittar is literally the most famous drag queen in the world. The Brazilian performer and pop star has over 12 million followers on Instagram, over 3 million on Twitter, and nearly 8 million subscribers on YouTube. And after chatting with Pablo and seeing their performance at Coachella, it's clear why Vittar is so popular. I chatted with Vittar before their Coachella performance about drag, their drag roots, and why getting to perform at Coachella is so epic. Oh my God. Well. Thank you so, so much for doing this, Pablo. It's so, it's such an honor, such a fun thing to happen. I was so excited when they said you were agreeing to do this. It was like, wow. And the fact that you're playing at Coachella. Oh my God. Yeah. That's insanely huge. How, how, I mean, how does it feel getting ready to perform at Coachella? So, oh my God. Thank First, first of all, thanks for having me. Yeah. And I'm so excited to do Coachella. Three years waiting, and I can't believe it is already this weekend. And I, I'm ready. All that can I say, I'm ready to perform and to see my fans, to enjoy the vibe of the festival. You know. Yeah. How did How did you handle that? Like 
the anticipation of waiting all of those years while the world dealt with, while the world worked itself out. How did you handle sort of waiting? Waiting, uh, I... Waiting to perform, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used this time for work my body, work my mind, you know, prepare myself for everything because uh, I have Coachella, but uh, in the same time I have do all this tour, the work tour, and I keep my mind ready to this. Yeah. Wow. Well, like one of the things that blows me away about you is that you are literally, and I say the word literally a lot, but you are literally the most followed drag queen in the world. Like, like how a, that must be insane for you to process like that, that must be huge for you. And also how does it feel to have more followers than your idol RuPaul? Cause that's kind of like, that's gotta RuPaul be weird. RuPaul is a legend, RuPaul is an icon. If I do drag this day is because RuPaul opened so many doors and you know, numbers on Instagram, it's only numbers. I love my fans and love all the, the support they love. But you know, girls, don't forget how it can open the doors for you. Mm-hmm. Never forget the legends. Is, is never. And I love RuPaul. I oh mean, be God. more famous than the legend, sure. But never forget the legend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what? in what ways? Because, I mean, you said before that RuPaul is such an icon and, a le- and an influence on you. And so is Beyonce. And there's so many great artists that influence what you do. Like, in what ways do they influence your performance and like, and what you do? Oh my God. In so many ways. And this show, I'm incorporate my Britney Spears side, the Vegas show, you know, I'm dancing a lot, doing hard choreographies and keeping myself great on the stage outfits, uh, do my high notes in the right way. I'm, I'm very, uh, focus on it and, you know, deliver the best pop show all the gays want. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this gay is ready. How how do you, like, I mean, how did you get your start in drag? And, like, how did you go from that point to now playing at Coachella? Like, what's been the trajectory for you and what stands out to you? It's blowing me away because I remember when I stay tuned on YouTube watching the performance, you know, the Coachella. Yeah. And now I'm going to perform on Coachella, uh, being a drag queen, being gay, and being Brazilian personally is a huge, huge thing for me. And how, like artists, it's a dream come true because uh, this festival has uh, so many things that I love and so many artists that I'm a huge fan. So, you know, I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I love about drag Queens is hearing that story about the first time they performed and like (laughs) what that was like. And so I need to hear, I just, I think me and the world needs to hear from you what that first time performing in drag was like for you. Oh my God, a mess. <laughs> In what way? Uh, yeah, it's uh, my first performance on drag. Uh, I'm very nervous, you know. I don't have a wig right, I don't have a look right, but you know, 
I have the confidence, I have the uniqueness, nerve, and talent. And my <laughs> first time in drag, it's open a show for Jujube from RuPaul's yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm feeling so grateful because I love her. And this time, I, I think to myself, oh my God, she already see RuPaul and, you know, participate the show. And yeah. I'm drag, uh, I'm, I'm starting my drag here. And, Mm-hmm. I never, I never imagined how the so far the things going. So, yeah, definitely. Also, the fact that you did your first drag performance with Juju B is kind of like that's that's pretty big. Yeah, <laughs> pretty big because she's a star. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think a lot of queens can relate to that. Most queens. <laughs> Most queens are doing their first show with like, you know, someone named after like a, a, a lotion or something like <laughs> it's not not jujube. Well, that's just that's what makes you so amazing. Now, with drag is international. I mean, drag is huge and, and it's just it's everywhere. And I wanted to know you've performed all over the world. You've done lots of different shows. What do you think is the difference between performing in the United States versus performing in Brazil or South America in general? Oh, my God. Mm. Brazil and Latin America, it's a very, very, how can I say, enthusiasm and screen a lot and everybody wants to touch me and, you know, on the stage, so, uh, come on, jump on the stage with me and, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. I'm feeling like a rock star. I'm feeling like, a, oh, oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's America too, but has a different because uh, the language, yeah. I think in Portuguese, uh, the most part of the show, but it's not a problem because uh, every, I see everybody enjoying and dancing with me and trying to sing my, my words in Portuguese. That is so cute. <laughs> and, but I think the, every single show the drag shows specifically are very hot, are very love, and, and the people mm-hmm. come to to support and, you know, show love. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it must be funny to see your American fans attempt to sing your songs in Portuguese because I have a feeling they're probably screwing it up. But <laughs> the attempt is really funny to watch, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like... From if RuPaul's Drag Race had a Brazilian version of RuPaul's Drag Race, would you host it? And 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 would like would you host it? Officially, I am a host of the show in Brazil, who's called Queen Stars from HBO yes. Max, and it's like a, a RuPaul's Drag Race, but not because the drag singing alive. Mm-hmm. But oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. <laughs> You can do come every on, show. Come on, mama. Bring <laughs> get, the show from Brazil. <laughs> come to get, Brazil. Get all the shows. Are you excited about this new show? I mean, well, it's, it's new to us here in the U.S. at least. Like, it's, are you excited about it? And, like, what can Americans learn from Brazilian drag? Yeah. we learn so many passions, so many versatility, mm-hmm. so many... I don't know, but in Brazil, drags, uh, Brazilian drag queens are... So many spectacular. Yeah. You know, you know, in Brazil we have a drag queen called Marcia Pantera. She invented the, the hair choreography moves, you know, yeah. and Brazil, 
uh, it's very proud of that because I'm not the only one in Brazil, baby. We have a lot of the drag queen famous and I feel so proud to be part of this. Yeah. And you really are kind of the ambassador for drag in a lot of ways across the yeah. world. I mean, you're, you can you can celebrate all of the Brazilian drag queens and, and you're the vessel of how people learn about all of the amazing Brazilian drag queens, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to know also, because it is in the United States here, there are a lot of, you know, anti-gay things, anti-trans things that come up, especially in politics recently, as of recently. And I wanted to know if in Brazil what it was like for you sort of being young, being queer, performing and being sort of, you know, very much yourself. But did you ever receive any sort of discrimination or, or, or heartache in sort of trying to perform or to do what you try to do? Oh, my God. In Brazil, uh, being gay since childhood was very, very, very difficult because um, I'm born in a state uh, in Brazil is not close to Sao Paulo or Rio de Janeiro uh, are more difficult because the people are very, very doing bullying with me, like mm-hmm. with my voice, how I dress up, how, you know, how I, I, I the way that I'm going to live. And when I start to perform, I embrace myself more and more and, yeah, the peop- when I started to drag, the people start to, to bully me more hard, you know? Yeah. Like, to put bed, stop doing that. But I have my family support me, my friends, my crew. And, you know, I always say that to the other people or my fans, uh, keep your friends, your family around you because uh, these people respect you and support you always, you know? Definitely. It's very important. And I mean, those people, probably your family and your friends, they, they got you to this point to perform at Coachella, which is incredible. Yeah. Which oh, is my like- mother are so proud. And, and, and she's going to see my concert in live on YouTube. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's so wonderful. I love yeah. What can people expect in terms of like what you're going to wear during your performance at Coachella? A fierce look, showing skin, showing body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I love know, it. Being blonde as fuck. always blonde. Like the pop artists who loved me and I love, but the people expected me being me. You know. Yeah. And it's going to be a sight to see. Well, my last question for you is, and this is something that we ask everyone who's doing anything with Coachella: What is the last song that got stuck in your head? What the song you can't get out of your head? Oh my God, my last single, Follow Me, with Wina Sawayama. Yeah, tomorrow I wake up and doing my challenge choreography with my choreographer uh, here in LA. Uh-huh. And, you know, uh, in all their wishes, wishes? Rehearsals. I hate this world. I can't <laughs> say this world. Wish, rehearsals. It's a hard word. Even wow. for like English-speaking people, it's rehearsals. It's even harder to spell, let me tell you. Yeah, rehearsals. <laughs> in every single rehearsals, we dance a lot this song, and I perform in Coachella, too. Mm, that's amazing. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Pablo, for agreeing to do this. I really, really appreciate it. And have the most fun performing. I do. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you like it. 
Oh, I will. And after the show, send me your comments. Oh my God, you look beautiful. I will be DMing you. and It will be be an honor to DM with the world's most followed drag queen in the world. (laughs) Thank you, my love. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. The finale of season 14 of VH1's RuPaul's Drag Race is this Friday. And I figured who better to talk about the finale than Drag Race All-Stars winner Alaska Thunderf***. Originally a runner-up on season five of Drag Race, Alaska came back to take the win in season two of Drag Race All-Stars. Since then, Alaska, whose name derives from a popular strain of cannabis, has gone on to host one of the most popular podcasts out there, Race Chaser, and start their own drag pageant competition called the Drag Queen of the Year Pageant Competition Awards Contest Competition. Whew, long title. Which will return live for the first time since the pandemic next month here in Los Angeles. More info on that is available at dragqueenoftheyear.com. I spoke with Alaska about the pageant and, of course, who they think will be crowned America's next drag superstar. So, Alaska Thunder, I love that I have to bleep, that I get bleeped every time I say your name. Mm, I love a bleep. I love that. It's fantastic. You are... You, you're you're a maven of media. You're a mogul. You are everything. It's you have Race Chaser podcast. You have I mean, you just have so mm-hmm. many things happening. How are you staying sane in your life? First off, um, well, I threw out trying to maintain sanity a long time ago. So that's n- the sanity is not something that women in my family aspire to. <laughs> Well, okay. For the first off, I have to talk to you about Drag Queen of the Year because that's very exciting. We're going to talk about the Drag Race finale. Yes. I have to talk about Drag Queen of the Year. It's coming mm-hmm. back. First show live post pandemic. How exciting yes. is that? Um, it's really exciting. Uh, I'm I'm thrilled that you know it's still going. Uh, and it's going to happen in real life with real people. These contestants are awesome. They really are. I mean, I am, of course, biased because I love Meatball, close personal friends. So mm-hmm. I, I will be rooting hard for Meatball, but I, they're all so amazing. And then, of course, last year, yeah. Tenderoni will also yes. be there, which is 
iconic. I mean, one of the best drag kings out there. So that's it's very exciting for it to be coming back. It's like, and then you also have Drag the Musical, which is another huge thing happening in the world. Bigger and better than ever before. Yeah, I mean, Drag the Musical, we've been writing it for... I couldn't believe it when they told me it was like six years we've been working on it. Six years? I do, it doesn't make any sense to me, but yeah, I guess we have. And now like the wheels are finally like turning that it's it's starting to like come to fruition and we have like we have like uh amazing people singing this music that we wrote over the last several years. And it's really cool. It's like it's like a magic trick. I love what that. is it? Explain it a little bit. Well, it's basically the story of Drag the Musical is like the reason we wanted to do it is because there are a lot of musicals that have drag queens in them, yeah. but they only get like a scene or like yeah. a, a couple of scenes here and there. And I was like, the drag queens are the best part. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so that was sort of the impetus. We were like, let's just make it so it's the drag queens turf. And it's all about it's all about the drag queens and their lives. Um, and it's really funny and um, really cool. And it's like there's two like rival drag houses and they like hate each other. It's so good. I saw on Broadway years ago um, the Priscilla musical that Bette Midler produced. Mm-hmm. It was probably one of the most fun I've ever had in a live show because it was just it was Broadway, but it was also like a nightclub. It was very strange. Yeah, so I love fun. that. I, I love that. Drag the musical has that energy too. It really does. Drag really, uh, um, believe it or not, drag works well with uh, on stage. <laughs> it's fun to look at. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? They're so bright and fun. Who sparkly, knew? sparkly stuff and tons of makeup and huge hair. Yeah, I guess it works on stage. <laughs> well, okay. Drag Race finale it's happening mm. Friday. You, of course, have some experience with um, a, a moment on Drag Race at winning, which is, you know, you obviously won season two for anyone listening. No. How dare <laughs> Tell you? Tell me again. Oh, how dare yes. you? But what uh-huh. I mean, what? So you've been in that position both as a runner up and as a winner. What do you think the queens are feeling right now? Um, I mean, it's like the most exciting time in your whole life. Uh, it really just... Uh, everything changes for you when you when you work in the world of drag and and drag race comes into your life. Everything changes for you, so it it's really exciting and and that's why I think it's just compelling year after year to watch because you're really seeing people's lives transform before your very eyes. Yeah, you really get to see it like live happen. Yeah. This year they're doing it in Vegas, which is. Super exciting. All right, Vegas. I mean, Vegas is out. You know, you can you can fly there now without a mask on. People are ready to party, I guess. It's, yeah, it's a thing. And like, so considering that you have been a runner up, like I said, and you've won what that feeling, it must be because most people don't experience losing something that you've been working so hard for, for a lot of your life being seen by millions of people like for you in season five, when Jinx Monsoon won, how how mm-hmm. did you how did you cope in that situation? Um, well, that was a lot of years ago. So I just drank a lot and did a lot of drugs, <laughs> which isn't the best way of coping. Oh. It, it was really hard. Uh, but I mean, 
I knew that it was Jinx's moment and it was, you know, I mean, she, she rightfully like dominated that season. It was just really hard because I felt a lot of like pressure to like, I don't know. I didn't want to let down like my family and my friends like in Pittsburgh. Like I felt like I was letting down Pittsburgh for sure. But now you watch and it's like, it doesn't really matter if you win or not. You're still going to get like dollars now. (laughs) Well, there's that. But aside from that, it's like, it's really like what you do with the experience afterward. Yeah. Who even remembers who wins? I've (laughs) often said, that's true. That's very true. (laughs) I've I've often said that like a lot of times you look at some of the most popular queens and they win by losing in a lot of ways. You know, yes, it's there's so many iconic queens and the iconic ones aren't always the winners. It's kind of wild to think about. Yeah, my recommendation to any young drag queen trying out for Drag Race is don't win. Don't do it. Because then you get to go back for all stars. The more you don't win, the the more times you get to go back on Drag Race. Don't do it. Don't win. Well, but now they have they have all stars winners. So, I mean, even winners are going back on Drag Race at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just keep going back. Just keep going back. They want you for the TV. Well, so, okay. You also won All-Stars. And I I met you the week you won. Like, literally the week you came over on a Sunday <laughs> and you won on Friday, which was, like, mm-hmm. the wildest. Because I hadn't watched your season. <laughs> so I, hadn't seen, I hadn't seen anything. And I people were texting me because you had done my other podcast, the Golden Girls podcast. And they were like, did she just won like it's huge so i feel like in a weird way i experienced your win in a very niche small way because everyone was coming me what was it like for you to win like how did that feel for you it doesn't feel that different from not winning honestly <laughs> it really does that i yeah. mean you think it's just gonna be like i don't know golden gates open up and like sunshine and like clouds and it's just like no it's just another day it's just yeah. another normal day Definitely. Well, I mean, but ain't another day with a hundred thousand dollars, which is not a bad day. Ain't not a bad payday, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not bad. (laughs) But so like, since you've won, it's been a few years since you have won and you've done so many amazing things since then with, you know, your podcast race chaser, which I Mm -hmm. am a huge fan of. And I love, I love, love, love it so much. Like what, as you're watching so the new seasons of drag race and you're seeing these new Queens come along and what are you take? Like, do you still learn from these younger Queens or the new Queens that are coming on drag race as the seasons go on? Oh, definitely. And like drag is always evolving. And so anytime you think, you know, like, Oh, this is what it is. This is what drag is. This is what drag is about everyone. As soon as you think, you know, that, drag completely changes and turns it on its head and uh, something new comes about. I love watching the new makeup tricks the girls are doing. There's mm. always there's always a new um. wig trend. Uh, I don't really follow these because putting a little dot on the end of my nose doesn't work on me. It doesn't work <laughs> on my face. But I love watching all the girls do it. They put, you know, the, the sculpted sort of very uh-huh. crisp sculpted wigs. Uh, it's different every season and watching drag evolve and watching the trends evolve is really, really fun. I love that. It's kind of wild to think how enormous the show has become, even just since your seasons, like it has 
and this season alone, I mean, this season had some of the highest ratings, I think, in the show's history ever, which is like oh, yeah. insane to think about what like what do you think is making the show so insanely popular that we can't get enough of it that we have to have like even podcasts like yours? Like we want more and more and more of Drag Race. Right. Uh, well, because drag is cool. <laughs> Which is sparkly and fun, (laughs) which is something I'm proud to say I knew before Drag Race existed. (laughs) I went and I saw a drag show and I was like, whoa, and I was fixated and I was like, I want to be a part of this. I need to do this with my life. (laughs) Uh, And that was before Drag Race even existed. So drag is cool. Uh, It's great to look at. I don't know. It's I mean, it's great timing that sort of social media has. Uh, come up at the same time as Drag Race mm-hmm. because drag is very social media friendly. It's very visual. You yeah. want to take pictures of it and you want to show people. That's yeah. the point of social media. So it just, it's it's really great timing uh, in the world. And, you know, on a spiritual philosophical level, it drag is tipping the scales uh for feminine energy in a world that's you know a long time been really dominated by sort of masculinity and mm-hmm. uh we've seen how that's worked out for the world so i think the drag like tip tips the scales yeah in the right way and wait yeah. before so earlier in this episode i talked with um pablo vitar about you know performing at Coachella, mm. but also being like insane more followers than RuPaul herself like I mean insane how huge she is and how she started in Brazil and and what drag is like in Brazil in comparison to the U.S. and you know you think of Brazil and it's I mean it's progressive but like it's there there are there's definitely some it's hard for LGBTQ people sometimes in Brazil and and but the sim the comparisons between like your experience coming up in drag and her experience in coming up in drag are very similar. It seems like the stories are pretty universal in getting into drag and why you do drag. Yeah. It's like a calling. It's like being a nun. <laughs> <laughs> like Whoopi Goldberg. When did you get the call? The call? <laughs> From who? Oh, the call. <laughs> I have to ask you about this season and the, the top five. It's it's unheard of to have a top five in Drag Race, which oh, kind of pissed me off. I got to admit, I was really I mean, I have I'll be fully honest. This season pissed me off, but it was a lovely season. She doesn't want to send anyone home. She loves them all too much. I see. I, I don't tune in for love. I tune in. <laughs> I don't. I'll admit it. I will be fully transparent. I don't want love. I don't want kumbaya. I want Diabetti getting up there being like, you need to go home. You need to go home. Goodbye. Exactly. (laughs) So what do you think of this top five? Um, I think they're amazing. I think they are uh, really, um, really inventive, very different personalities. Um, you can tell that they're all sisters. They're really bonded. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, hey, I'm glad there's five. They're all great. It's going to be a fun show to watch. You and I are definitely of, and we've talked about this before, how people complain about there being so many franchises of Drag Race. It's just too much Drag Race all the time because mm-hmm. like this ends and then another one starts. And I'm like, I want it all. Just bring it all to me. I don't care. I'm never going to yes. get bored. <laughs> yes, RuPaul, waterboard me with... <laughs> With your content. I don't care. Yes, sure. It's fine. I mean, 
you look at, you know, uh, my friend Nick recently tweeted, you know, everyone who's complaining about too many franchises of drag race literally is watching 27 franchises of Real Housewives. So, like, get yeah. over it and it, just just enjoy it. Literally, before I got on with you, I was editing an interview I did with Lisa Rinna. So, yes, you're right. Mm. Everyone is watching everything nonstop. And we want it all. We want it all. All yes. the time. I, one thing I don't want from RuPaul ever again is the chocolate. Um, I, I, I don't want the chocolate. So to explain for listeners who maybe didn't watch all of the season is the that the girls got chocolate bars at the end, like the eliminated girls got chocolate bars. And if they opened it and it was chocolate, they have to go home. But if they had a gold chocolate bar, like a Willy Wonka <laughs> chocolate bar, they get to stay. What did you think of um, the chocolate situation? I thought it was stupid and humiliating and irritating what? and dumb. It was humiliating. Uh, it was also the producers peeing on our leg and telling us it's raining. Like you're, it's not really randomized. Yeah. You know which contestant is going to choose the gold bar and when, because yeah. if you didn't, you'd be a horrible television producer to not have <laughs> control over that. You would just be, like, it would be the first person who gets it. And then it would be like, oh, that's over for the rest of the season. That would be preposterous. <laughs> so no, it's dumb. Uh, it's fake. Everyone hates it. And I hope they never do it again. Yeah. <laughs> but well, the chocolate bars are good. Yes, like, they are. I've gotten taste them before. Them all because they are, they're delicious. They are delicious. Yeah. It is interesting though, because as I was watching it, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of drag. I love drag. I love you. Like I love all of it. And you and I have also bonded over like the absurdity of drag and how mm -hmm. the stupidest things can be made into a brilliant drag performance. And when I first saw the chocolate, I thought, oh, well, this is absurd. This will be a funny bit. Maybe this will be like a, a thing that they can do and turn in whatever. No, it literally was just them opening chocolate at the end of an episode. Like, yeah, at their worst moment, at the moment, their dreams are shattered. <laughs> they have to fumble with a flimsy chocolate bar and then say it's chocolate. They play the, do they play the music? I forget. Yes, they play a sad trumpet oh, noise. <laughs> That's so dumb. It's humiliating. I hope they never do it again. But you know what? Buy the chocolate bar because if she sells out of the chocolate bar, there will be nothing, none left to promote. So they won't do the gag again. <laughs> oh, God. OK, so who do you think of these top five queens from this season? will be in the top two. And then who do you ultimately <laughs> think will win? I have to ask. I'm, this is officially oh news. Oh, my gosh. Big, big news outlet. We have to ask you the hard-hitting questions. Right. I don't know. Uh, but I think if there's some sort of lip-sync performance kind of scenario going on, it, it's going to come down to Lady Camden uh, and Angeria. And I think that would be a really interesting face-off because they allegedly have a romantic interest in one another. I mean, I'm, I like it. It's a good, <laughs> it's a good mental image. Sure. I'm fine. Yeah. With I, I, Lady Camden grew on me. I did not like Lady Camden. I mean, I liked her. Of course I thought she was great, but like, I did not see her going to the end in this way yeah. and being as impressive as a performer during the yeah. season. I was kind of taken aback by Lady Camden. I have to admit. Yeah, she really blossomed as the season went on. Uh, and it's been really great. And it, I mean, she's she's stunning. She's fierce. She looks like Linda Evangelista. We love her. <laughs> what do you think with, I mean, with this season and with the potential winner, you know, like 
how how do you think where does the franchise go from here? Where does Drag Race because it's it's been on now for now this will be its 14th season going into its 15th season. Reality shows either excel in this middle point in their sort of run, you know, like Survivor for example or even Housewives or they mm-hmm. go the way of sort of project runway and get retooled and changed and become a Bravo show or a different kind mm-hmm. of Bravo show. Like mm-hmm. where what's the future of Drag Race do you think? Well, I think as long as RuPaul is at the center of it and at the helm of it, um, and of course, Tom and, and Randy and Fenton, I think as long as they're at the center of it, I think it's going to keep going and keep being great. Um, RuPaul makes her job look really easy. Like she just sits there and looks gorgeous and like yeah. barely says anything, but like really her job is very difficult and the show would just kind of, I can, I can't say f- on this show probably they're gonna bleep me but the show would not be as good without rupaul in it so as long as rupaul is there and doing it and enjoying it you look at pageantry like drag pageantry that goes on for decades and decades yeah and we still show up every time because we all want to see we all want to we all want want to see beautiful drag queens fighting each other to the death yeah and i mean you don't have to worry about being bleeped because we knew I knew going into this, <laughs> I would want to have a bleep party with you. And so I'm going to end mm-hmm. by telling everyone, Alaska Thunder, f- I thunder f- love you um... and you are fantastic. And I think everyone should go see Alaska Thunder f- pageant drag queen of the year. Say the full title because it's a long title. It's called the Drag Queen of the Year Pageant Competition Award Contest Competition. And it's happening Saturday, May 14th in downtown L.A. It's the Saturday of DragCon. Uh, Great contestants, great judges, great special guests. Come on out. It's going to be be really good. I will be there. I am so excited for it. And Drag the Musical and listen to Race Chaser and all of the things that is you. Thank you, Alaska. Under. Thank you. Wow, my head is spinning from all the iconicness that has gone down on this episode. Do you plan on watching the Drag Race finale this Friday? If so, who do you think will win? Let me know. Tag me at H. Allen Scott on everything. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. If you liked what you just heard, please leave a little rating and review. It really, really does help. And share it on social media. That's always fun, too. And as I said, you can follow me at H. Allen Scott on everything. For more on the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all social platforms. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day. 